<laughs> a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it is. Evil. The evil. Not our real names. Nailed it. too much man tighten the sphincter sphincter what a way to start tighten the sphincter <laughs> say, like, like, say it like james bond <laughs> tighten the sphincter money penny you're tighten the sphincter <laughs> a bloody bulldog the whole building blow mi6 money blows penny. up and tighten that thing sphincter. yeah it's uh i see the numbers i i yeah, we are rolling. We are hot. We are. This has become a new thing for us to yeah, say, I guess. hasn't it? I, like we we've been struggling with how to start this thing, and maybe it's it's just. I, I kind of like us just rambling. Like like as that, the intro people, fades, we're just because yeah, we say some, yeah, off the cuff stuff. There's sometimes. some good stuff. You never know. Well, welcome to a little independent, the uh, podcast where two friends talk about independent, obscure, just plain weird movies. My name's Ryan, and I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, Ryan. Good to see you, man. I'm glad you said hi this week because hey would have just messed me up again. Hi. Hey, Todd. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. That, yeah, yeah. Derails you. I'm I'm doing good. So you're somebody who you do like your structure. I it, that in a way. It, yeah, yeah, but you that's know, okay. It can be a, it can be a limitation. But you eat food like a fucking maniac. It's things mixed all up, and. <laughs> You may not know this about Todd. I, I had lunch with him every day for a long time. And he, you know, some people compartmentalize their food. Todd, <laughs> it's chaos. <laughs> He'll have salad and, you know, barbecue spare ribs on top of mashed potatoes. And he'll take a bite of a tomato and potatoes and <laughs> well, barbecue you, chicken. You... you Say I'm supposed to eat all the peas, then eat all the meat, and then eat all the mashed potatoes. No, and I'm not saying the I, way you do it is. Uh, I'll take a bite of this, talk for a little, take a bite of the other thing, and, and yeah, the, yeah. I've never and seen you're just that like, before. why don't you just eat all the peas? Damn it! <laughs> yeah. Why do you why do you stop eating the peas and start eating? I guess that's a thousand percent true. I and I, I'm not really. Maybe I am that regimented in the food world, but. <laughs> The way you eat was chaos, and I thought it was so interesting. Yeah, because you, you brought it up it? way too many times. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't conscious of it that I was uh, I eat, didn't mean eat like a you said maniac, not yeah, uh, like a psychopath. Like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I'm not a psycho. Wait, I'm not a. I'm not, I will get to precious. Well, that did you know the dog from? <laughs> Uh, Silence of the Lambs, Precious, yeah. is yeah. the same dog from the Burbs, the old man's dog, Queenie. Get out of here. Same dog actor. Yeah. Uh-huh. How'd, you find, how'd you find that out? Uh, I may be lying. <laughs> no, I, I read it somewhere. You call him out on it. No, and... <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how it came up, but th- this that particular dog has been yeah. in three significant movies. Silence of the Lambs, the Burbs, and a third, and I can't remember the third, but oh. it's... Precious is Queenie from the Burbs. Poodles take New York. Is it a poodle? Looks like a poodle to me. Well, I don't know. We may be wrong. We're going to get emails about this. 
It's got to be a poodle. Dog enthusiasts are going to be like, you fucking assholes. <laughs> it's not a poodle. It's, it's a, a white Pyrenees, blah, 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 blah. Youpadoodle. It's a, it's a youpadoodle. <laughs> so uh, tell us how we fucked up at a little independent podcast at gmail.com. But uh, last week we did, we did an 80s movie, man. Yeah, you went as far back as we've gone. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you wanted to take us back. Wings of and Desire. Get, and, and you wanted to fulfill the weird in the uh, intro, yeah. right, Ollie, when you say just plain weird movies. So, you, so you've successfully done 1984 that. 1984's Repo Man. Weird. You would call that weird. Uh, yeah, I forget what I call it. I remember saying it was all over the place yeah, the first time I watched it. and then uh, It is weird, though. It, it is a weird one. So this week... I love how you're creating connective tissue on this podcast, it which is, is really cool. Yeah, it, it, as soon as we finish last week's podcast, I go, oh, we're going to uh, the other end of the spectrum from Emilio. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we talked about Emilio Estevez, obviously, on the Repo Man episode, uh, in that he's directed 14 movies. And so was that the kind of spark that said, I want to do this particular film? It was, it was when we were walking out. It was after we finished... And we were, you know, BSing and walking out. And then yeah. I just, I said, oh, we're going to do the way. It just popped into my head. A little peering inside the curtain. After we do this podcast, we BS yeah. as we walk out <laughs> we in, into the street. <laughs> bologna salami. Bologna sandwich. We bologna, bologna sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that was a little more Outside obvious. the studio. <laughs> <laughs> we bologna sandwich. So that Todd, sounds like, what if that's like that some sounds like a ugly, thing. That yeah, like a sexual that we don't even know about. And we just, uh well, Google it on your phone right now. No, I don't want to see what it's going to say. Bologna sandwich, Bologna sexual s- position on Bologna. So um, our film this uh, today is the 2010 film The Way. Uh, Todd's pick, and it was the, the connective tissue, is that it is directed by Emilio Estevez. And written. And written and by. And co-produced. Based on a book. We'll get into that. But... Um, Thank you, listeners, for listening. I, I realize we don't say that enough, and I'm with the attitude of gratitude. I really am. So, oh. everybody, thank you for well, listening. Well, it's because of this film. Yes. It, it does give uh, you a certain sense of, um, I, I don't know, like belonging, reluctant belonging. Yeah. Well, it's all about, you know, the importance of community. Yes. For sure. Uh, so, the film description is a father heads overseas to recover the body of his estranged son who died while traveling the El Camino de Santiago and decides to take the pilgrimage himself. Spot on. It's good? Yeah. So how'd you find this movie? Oh, about, well, close to 10 years ago, a friend told me about it. Oh, so this was not metal detecting. This was no. a recommendation. Yes. You have other friends? That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. He passed away, sadly. Okay, now I feel like an asshole. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I, yeah, true story. But um, he did, uh, he just said, hey, this is a movie you're going to like. And he just did it because we would meet for coffee maybe once or twice a week. And oh, that's cool. It was back when I was a caretaker for my grandfather. And uh, yeah, and he was kind of a caretaker for his mother at that time. So it was kind of our, you know, get together and how did he find this movie? Did he? That did he I don't say, remember. You know, was it he a video prob- store or? I don't remember. He probably told me, but I don't remember. Um, it's billed again. This is IMDb as a comedy drama. 
man, I wouldn't put comedy on it. Staunchly there, against there are, that. There are comedic moments in it. I count two. Yeah. <laughs> well, I and, would say and that just, was one of them. <laughs> I would say, you know, and not that it matters, but you know, you're looking at a movie, and, and I wonder how much of this is marketing, and how much of this is like. It's Emilio Estevez, so you got to put comedy in it. I would say drama adventure. Yeah, definitely more adventure. I mean, and there was no pressure. I mean, he he directed it. He wrote it. You know, he was... But the core of this movie is decidedly, I would say, an adventure. Yeah. Unless you don't look at it that way. But um, so it stars Emilio Estevez's father, Martin Sheen. Yeah, and it was, he wrote it for him. He wrote the part for him. And um, Martin Sheen plays Tom. Now, what what do you say about fucking Martin Sheen, man? I mean, like... He was brilliant. And he did say well, this Well, just is... in general, though. You know, as we're doing our little intro... Well, yeah. What do you, what do you best know him from? Well, <laughs> killing the Godfather. Um... That's a bizarre reference to Apocalypse <laughs> Now. <laughs> I didn't want to get the name wrong. So he's got 260 credits to his name, Martin Sheen. Acting credits? Yes. His first credit was a TV show called The Edge of Night in 1956. Man. Lots of TV. He was on Ironside, uh, the streets of San Francisco. And I think Apocalypse Now was his kind of breakout movie role. Yeah, that's that's how... I think everyone would say that, yeah. you know, because when you think again, he's he's Martin Sheen, but he's <laughs> he doesn't pop to mind. Maybe in you know, isn't he in the West Wing or something like that? He he is El Presidente, is what they uh, okay. jokingly call him. Yeah, and I never watched that show, but everybody, in fact, even a commercial that's out right yeah. now that he's doing, she makes the West Wing moment okay. reference. Okay, he was in Gandhi. Um, yeah, one of my all-time favorites. My wife would kill me if I didn't mention that he was in the Stephen King film, The Dead Zone, uh, which is great. Um, <laughs> do you go to Wall Street fast? I go to Wall Street pretty fast because of that scene when he yells the size his, of his wallet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's the scene, yeah. But this is so obscure. And I have to tell you, I think one of the coolest thing, things that I've seen in movies is in the movie Hot Shots Part 2. Okay, Again. bear with me. I'm not up on this. This so may go. be a longer walk, but is, I'm going to get you Is there. this Charlie's Rambo? Yes. Okay. Charlie Sheen is Rambo, and he's on a mission, and he's on a boat, and he is writing in a journal, and the dialogue is his dialogue from Platoon. <laughs> and he starts to hear other dialogue from somebody else ostensibly on another boat, and it's the dialogue of Martin Sheen from Apocalypse Now. Oh, that's awesome. I can't believe they wanted this man dead. And so their boats (laughs) pass. They both stand up and go, I loved you in Wall Street. Give each other the thumbs up, and the boats pass. Whoever wrote that's brilliant. I know. And like meta stuff like that in movies, I fucking love. And that that is such a cool way, like the platoon, Apocalypse Now, and and Martin Sheen's boat (laughs) is exactly like the one from Apocalypse Now. Like, there's the guy skiing in the back in the whole nine yards. I think that's one of the coolest things. Wow. Sadly, I've ever seen Martin Sheen do. Um, 
second build is Deborah Kara Unger, who plays Sarah. Yeah. Now, do you know, what do you know her from? Anything? No, I actually. Now this is going from memory from ten years ago, right? I didn't look anything up on her on this one because I did a bunch of stuff on uh, the commentary. But I seem to remember reading something. Mind you, this is going deep memory here, but something about her being fired from a film or or like having being difficult not this film but being difficult to work with or oh, I don't know there was some there was something about Based her. On her character in this movie I guess I could see that um she was in a movie that I really liked called White Noise with Michael Keaton oh she yeah. plays the wife who passes away okay um, I remember that one she's uncredited in the Green Day video Jesus of Suburbia she's in Highlander the final D- dimension where you've got Christopher Lambert pitted against Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> but the movie I know her most from, and when I saw her, I was like, awesome, is The Game with Michael Douglas. Oh, yeah, you love that movie. She's the the female, the plant. Okay. And she's very, very good in that. And oh, awesome. Um, well, I hope my memory is, is off on that because I, that's the only thing that is she, coming up that I remember something about The that. game was in the 90s. She she looked quite a bit younger. I'm not, not trying to knock the way she looks, yeah. but she – so I could see why you didn't associate that. Um, and the way, uh, incidentally, on IMDb is the number one movie she's known for. Then you've got – and I'm going to really have a tough time with this, <laughs> but Yorick Van Wageningen. <laughs> It's Dutch, man. As Joost. Joost. Joost? Joost. Joost. Um, had you ever seen him in anything? Well, the commentary gave it away. Oh, okay. So, But I do have a question. So the movie he they referred to him as the uh, Dragon Tattoo, right? Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, yeah, he's in that. Don't tell, tell me he's not the counselor. He's not the bad guy, right? Yeah, he is. He's the counselor he that, yeah, that's continually had, raping the girl? Had, I, I think... She, I believe he is. I think he is too. Yeah, he's got a beard. Because he was a big guy. She attacks him in the elevator, she, and she ends up like getting revenge on him. But more importantly, he is in the sequel to Pitch Black, <laughs> The Chronicles of Riddick. Is he really? Yes, he I is. did watch that one a while back. He's a you... smaller character. He plays a character called the Gov. Um, again, a movie also starring Dame Judi Dench, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just FYI. And a little-known actor named Vin Diesel. Then we've got James Nesbitt as Jack. From Ireland. From Ireland. Um, Don't know him in anything. He He's in the Hobbit movies. Those, the, like the the uh, prequels to The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He plays Bofur, and he's in Waking Ned Divine. Do you remember that movie? And I think it's, it's a little Irish town, and Ned Divine wins the lottery and then he dies and then the whole town is trying to claim his winnings. <laughs> Sounds funny. He's in that. Um, and it's written and directed as mentioned by Emilio Estevez based on a book by Jack Hitt called off the road, a modern day walk down the pilgrims route into Spain. Yeah. And of course, Emilio directed himself and his brother in men at work himself and his brother in a fun movie and it's, you know, fairly filthy called rated X and in development as director set to release in 2022 is a movie called guns three alias Billy, the kid, which is apparently the third installment of 
fucking young guns. Wow. And and when he was laughing in Repo Man, you know, that's what kept coming oh, yeah, to mind. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, that laugh is gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His laugh is gold. And then... So for Guns 3, they've got Christian Slater confirmed as Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. And Emilio also is an actor and he's credited as William. So is Kiefer I, I on don't board? Know. I'm guessing. Got... Okay. You know, unless he's like getting drunk and tackling trees in hotel lobbies and he's done with that. Um, and what's really interesting about this is the music was by Tyler Bates. Do you know who Tyler Bates, the composer, is? He did the music for The Way. Yes, he did the mu- music for this movie. Yeah. that's. <laughs> I know his name was Tyler. I took a, I took a shot. No, I, I saying, went for it. Do you know who he is other than this movie? <laughs> <laughs> that was like a slow-witted answer yes, I to know a, what he did. He did the music he, for The Way. He, you know this movie that we're talking about, yeah. Brian? Um, so he did the... He's done a ton of scores, but he did the John Wick films, and probably his biggest credits are the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So he, he did the scores for those. Okay. I love the John Wick scores. So this is a guy who, you know, 2010, he, he, he was pretty big, but that's a pretty good get yeah. for an indie movie, even oh, in 2010. Yeah. Well... You know, you're kind of like Hollywood royalty in that family. So it's, and they all, yeah. I'm sure a lot of them know each other. I cannot you know? imagine there was a huge budget for this. No, no, no. They, uh, they, they went on the road for like 55 days in a bus. Yeah. All with the uh, logo of the way along the side. So they literally did a tour of the U.S. like the way they did it, you know, back in the day. Nice. Tagline only one. It's on the poster. Yep. Life is too big to walk it alone. Oh, I thought it was uh, uh, what, he, what, what he tells to his, you what, know, life is a, not, you don't no. choose a life, you live one. No, that wasn't the tagline. That was just a great line in the movie. Uh, two hours and three minutes, uh, budget unknown, total gross, including the home market, which I wonder is DVD and that kind of thing, is just over $20 million. Yeah. So that's pretty good for a movie that I do not think was shot for that. No, it, it was a word-of-mouth movie, totally. Uh, a couple of notes. Emilio Estevez was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and Martin Sheen nominated for Best Actor at the ALMA Awards, which are the American Latino Media Arts Awards, which is interesting that Emilio was nominated for Best Supporting Actor because he's in it like yeah. eight minutes total. Just a couple of flashbacks. Uh, it won Best Picture at the Port... Hunami International Film Festival. Hermani. Her name is Hermani. <laughs> Check out that episode of A Little Independent. Black Bettini coming out of the pool. And Port Hunami is a like a little seaside town slightly northwest of Los Angeles. Yeah. So they have a film fest, and it and, won Best Picture. And it was also a, um official selection of the Toronto International Film Festival. As well it should be. Um, before we get into this movie, I should say Bien Camino. <laughs> is that it's how hot. you pronounce it? Because I wish... That's how, the, that's how... Good it, Camino. Is that what it means? I believe so. Okay, good. Because I wanted to say it too, but I didn't want so, to butcher it. On the top, lots of production companies, which, does that scare you ever when you see like this production, this production, this production, or does that just say indie film? Because sometimes that could be scary. Like, uh-oh. Like... You mean to overproduce? Well, just a, a whole bunch of production companies brought to you by this, 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 this. Yeah, it just 
I think it's just all the people that are helping to get the thing made, you know? That's just money. Trying to get some. Yeah, and it was shot on 16 millimeter Super. It was actually yeah. shot on film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's and pretty cool. The look of this movie, I thought was perfect. Because it could have looked too oversaturated or too bright. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're in these really... You look at movies like the trip movies. The trip to Italy, the trip to Greece with Rob Ryden and Steve Coogan. They're super bright. And their locations are popping, popping, popping. Yeah. This looked real to me, which I really liked. And it was filmed that way. Yeah. They only took four light, whatever they were called, the standard ones, along. And there's only one scene that they used all four in. Um, And that gypsy scene... The dance celebration oh, scene, yeah, no lights. It was completely filmed was by firelight. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't want to forget that. It looked there. that way. So we're we're introduced to Martin Sheen's character Tom, who is an optometrist, and he's working with Eunice. Eunice, what a menace she is. This lady just being a real problem. Yeah, they commented on what a great they uh, they knew her, what a great actress she was. The one that's. The one that's memorizing the... Yeah, she's the, memorizing the She's cheating the on she's the cheating. eye test. <laughs> what a scamp. Eunice, Eunice God damn it. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't so know if you were talking about is her, this, the Is this office in his house? It was filmed in a house, but it wasn't his house. Right. So, But it wasn't supposed to be the character's house? No, they they just made a house, tried to make a house look like an office, but it didn't fool oh, you. It clearly. clearly looked like a house. <laughs> you were all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And his Tom's assistant is talking about his son, Daniel, who's in France, who has no cell phone and there's no way to connect with him. Yeah, he left him a, a voicemail, apparently. Yeah. And um, so just just before I forget, um, on an interview with Martin Sheen on Channel 4, but I think it was London in London, if I'm not mistaken, he made the quote of um, pilgrimage unites the will of the spirit with the work of the flesh. And I just wanted to like start the whole movie off with that because that was his take on it. And, you know, he didn't walk the whole thing, but they, they walked a, a bit lot, of it. A lot of walking. We'll get to and that the, yeah. at the end. And what I find is interesting is they tee up his character, Doctors Golfing. It's the most fucking pointless thing. Just a <laughs> bunch of assholes like, oh, I'm golfing. Yeah. Not far. Well, they're they're showing he's showing his world, right? He's got the office, he's got his country club, yeah, and that's it. He is in a little isolated bubble. I think there's the reason for that was there's one shot where they're like going to get his ball, and he says to his golfing compatriot, "I'm old and I'm tired." So I think that was the point of that was to show that, like you said, he's comfort he's comfortable, and he's old and tired, and he's too tired to even walk five feet to get his golf ball. <laughs> And at this point, Tom gets a call on the golf course that his son has been killed. Did you pick up on that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's the French Frenchman speaking English. So he's he, in, we're going to get to him. He's in a movie that I uh, goddamn love. <laughs> but yeah, so you got that accent. But right? he says your son has been killed. Your yes. son is not dead. No. But it's, I think it's a translation, would, would have been my guess, because he wasn't, he wasn't murdered. So that teed me up to, oh, shit, this kid's been murdered. Yeah. And this is going to be a mystery. Oh, okay. Yeah, I totally see it. I think it's just a translation thing. And then, you know, know knowing that there's going to be a journey and there's going to be a figure out who did it. Um, Oops. 
well, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, once once we got there, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. It's fine. But the thing is, is there ever a cause of death revealed for Daniel? He got caught in a storm and perished. That's, that was it. it that's just, about it. And when they were filming this in 2009, and there was three young guys, three young people. I don't know if they were all guys, men or not, but... And he said they were young and healthy ones, got lost in the fog, in the Pyrenees, same right. area, and perished. So it Liter- literally happened that it should same be known year. that this, this journey that they take is a real, real thing. And it's dangerous. What I noted is that he Tom goes to a church right away. Yeah. And he's praying. And the priest <laughs> asks if Tom would like to pray with him, and he goes, What for? Yeah. Wow. So you're setting up a guy who has no spirituality. He's comfortable. He's old and he's tired. And this is the antithesis of what his comfort zone would be. What, what he yeah, does. he's 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 rich American. No spirit. Hollow. You know, driven. Metaphor for just driving for success and money in your fucking all, country. All the club. reasons Europeans don't like Americans. Pants. Right. Okay. <laughs> And I think the credits are odd because obviously there's a lot of religious undertones in this, but the credits are oddly very religious at first, and then they turn into like a travel brochure. Well, it's the it's a combination of a map they created and the passport in reverse. So the passport pictures that they show start at the end hmm. in uh, Musia and work its way back to... Um, the French town that I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I'll I'll slaughter it. It's, I'll probably it's, try to slaughter it. It's on it. the edge of uh, Spain. There. That is really that's really cool. I didn't yeah, know that, that, yeah, that was in the in the commentary. The religious symbolism right away. I'm like, okay, it really tees you up to know that there's going to be conflict or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a flashback of Tom and Daniel, his son, played by Emilio Estevez. <laughs> Appropriately driving, and that's the line you were talking about. His son says, "You don't choose a life; you live one." Yeah, he's taking him to the airport. Oh, to go to this to trip. go yeah. to to go to his death, basically. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that was a good line too, and I thought that would be the tagline. But yeah, they're clever enough to not have to have to deal with this. So <laughs> Tom travels to France um, to claim his son's yeah body and what i think is interesting they don't do like a big travel montage or anything they travel by map a lot in this movie which i love like indiana jones style yeah that and um you know i don't know maybe you can't get a signal out there you know in a lot of places but no, no no like visually like you see little dots deep, 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 uh, indicating where they're going which i love not unlike the beginning of repo man that is true yeah so what I find interesting is he takes this huge trip, gets to this smallish town in France, and the police meet him at the train station. Yeah. Perfect timing. The, the head, the, head yeah. the, the chief, the sergeant, whoever he is. But. And that guy is from a movie called The Core. Oh. You know The Core, right? Yeah. Aaron Eckhart, fucking Stanley Tucci. Where they got to reignite the Hillary Swank. Engine. Yes. How, how do they get all those That's actors that in that movie? I know. Bruce Greenwood. I fucking love that movie. I don't know how they did that. It, it Delroy Lindo. That movie. But wasn't it bad? Fuck no. Are you kidding me? Okay, wait. So it's like Xander Cage good? <laughs> Different. <laughs> 
I, I lump it into the to the disaster movie category, which I love that I have a hierarchy. And okay. Honestly, I, I think a lot it's of more people, structured people. A lot of people would say that the core is literally an underrated. The premise is batshit crazy, but like you said, so many great actors. Yeah. And everybody's amazing in it, including this guy. Yeah. And spoiler alert: his death scene is unbelievably emotional because of his performance, Aaron Eckhart's performance. Well, he was in another big movie too. And the circumstances with Mel Gibson. Uh, Lethal Weapon Three. No. A historic the man without a face. A historic pick with Mel Gibson, Heath Ledger. No, he was this, in the Patriot. And this guy. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Not. I didn't remember that like you do. That was. Yeah, this guy. That really was good. in the commentary. <laughs> so they take him to identify the body, which of course, uh, yeah, is the body. So. So quite an inciting incident, I'll just have to say, to start a movie off, the father finding out... Your estranged son has died. Yeah, yeah, your son is dead from, you know, yeah. how many thousands of miles away and you're in France. Yeah. I mean, and you're just like, holy crap. Do you think he thought about, like, not claiming him? <laughs> like, uh, no. No, uh, uh, I'm not going. No. No, because we find out later that his, his mother, his wife has passed, so it's just him. I know, but just for a moment, do you think he's old and tired and he's like... I'm not doing this. No. Okay. Oh, one other thing. I keep trying to, every time they, I try to get out, they pull me back in. <laughs> in the office, his assistant, Martin Sheen's assistant, Tom, that's his, that's his daughter, Emilio's sister. Oh, nice. Yeah. And she did a great job when she delivered that line about, and he did, because he said he wanted to travel the world, and right. she's like half crying, and and he did. Yeah, yeah. So the whole family's so probably taking an emotional core there, like thinking about her, her brother, her own brother. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So it's it's clear that Daniel was on a pilgrim pilgrimage called Camino de Santiago, and this is a the pilgrimage of Saint James. This is a really real thing, and people do this. It's been going on for a thousand years. And I thought that element was really, really interesting. Yeah. And then I, some of the things, uh, I've got real stories that relate to some of the things that annoy me about this whole thing. But what I thought was cool was um, the, he shows him the passport book. So on this trip, you have a passport, and on these checkpoints, you get a stamp, yeah. stamp. And it should look littered with stamps, but Daniels only has what one? Has the one. Because he only made it one day. Yeah, he died on his first day out. Yikes. Now, now what's interesting is you're a father, you're in a foreign country, your son is dead. And they're like, well, you can take the body back or we can cremate it. In what way are you like, Let, let's ship the body back? He, he plays like he had, just has that I epiphany mean, <clears throat> in the middle of the night in his hotel room. That logistically, though, he's going to do the trail and take Daniel with him. I know, him. but what a nightmare if you're like, I got to ship this fucking body back? <laughs> FedEx? I mean, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, I know there are ways, but what, like, okay, how do we wrap this up? You know? Hopefully it's not like the guy in, yeah. in, in arachnophobia and a wooden box and a tarantula gets in and sucks his life away. Well, uh, Ryan, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you you don't the you don't think about the you wouldn't be of that? no because you're 
you've just lost your son. You 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 in no way worried about petty annoyances. It's estranged. <laughs> He's got to be like, God damn it! No. I'm missing how many appointments with Eunice. No. So um, um, you were talking about the body bag when they unzipped it. Yeah. You know who was actually in there? So on the film, they showed Emilio in there. It's not but, Emilio. But when Mart when they show Martin's face, who he's actually seen? His grandson. Yeah. Oh, you found that out. Yeah. I was gonna wait for the end for a few of these, but that's all right. Well, <laughs> we were past that, so I was back. This is this is my. I've been backtracking all movie. I keep pulling you back. I'm, no, I'm like, no, the, you're fine. You're fine. I want to make this podcast three hours. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <He's> listeners. Just- <laughs> If you decide to turn it off now, <laughs> no, I forgive you, but don't. Don't leave. Because there's good stuff. So um, what's interesting, and I know you love this about films like this, are these exotic locations. And when they're shot on site, yeah. it just makes me passionate. Like, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. So what other movie did we do that was in the Spanish Pyrenees? <laughs> no. Come on. Um. Well, we haven't done the special one yet. No, but we we did one that uh, talks about a wolf. Oh yeah, that was the same region. Skin, Skin of the wolf, wolf was in the. Uh, oh no! Yeah. No, was that? Yeah, that was Spain, not yeah, not Italian. Spain. Yeah, it was Spanish. All Spanish. I can think about is the wet mouth eating sounds in that movie. <laughs> so Tom goes into town, and this is where we meet Yost at this little restaurant, and he's a real chatty. Guy from the Netherlands. Oh, it's it's so brilliant because Tom just got done with the police, right? Yeah. Heavy, Going over all duty. that stuff. So, yeah, he's sitting alone just trying to enjoy a meal before he's got to take his son home. And here comes this big man. And he's big, just all the way around. Happy as shit. He just pulls a chair out and plops down. Oh, okay. And he starts, says, Can starts I grabbing the bread and says, you mind if I sit here? There's no – all the other chairs yeah, are taken. Yeah, and yeah. he just starts eating his bread. Oh, it's – in in. Martin's face is just, yeah, you know. And add to the fact that Yost is trying to, to bond with him. Yeah. And they're talking about the, the this 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 march, and he says he hears about a guy who died after one day. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. That's, wow. Yeah. Not making points, but there, buddy. And, and, he, and he doesn't say a word. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another flashback, and what I find is interesting is – you're setting up this, you know, the son's like, I want to travel. And Daniel, Emilio Estevez's Daniel says, I'm not going to finish my doctorate. But how old is he? Because <laughs> he's like 2010, Emilio Estevez, like 45 He's like 39. Old. And it's possible, I guess, right? That yeah. you can be that old and still be trying to maybe become a doctor. And is he trying to become an optometrist? He just says doctorate. Yeah. He doesn't say. So I, I get that you have to set that stuff up, but it just seemed like ridiculous to me. I'm like, it's current day <laughs> Not going to college, Dad. Fuck you. Yeah, and and he could he could easily play younger than that, but he does reference him yeah. being almost forty later on. Yeah, he does. So maybe there's I. I oh, so I hey, professional what students. What did he do between you know twenty one and forty? Who knows? How many people out there are pushing forty and working on their doctorates that are listening to our podcast? Please chime in at. A little independent podcast at gmail.com, but there's going to be crickets. Half of one. Crickets. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Hey, we will, we will, we will mention your name. Yeah, we will talk about we're you. We're highbrow enough, I think. We talk about independent film. 
<laughs> so Tom decides to cremate the body and do the walk with the ashes, which as a sentiment, I think is a nice one. Yeah. And but I it, love the way they, they played that. They don't say it. They just showed it. He just like in yeah. the middle of the night in his hotel room, he just goes barreling out, pounds on the door. How he knew where the guy, where the police chief lived, I don't know. Wakes him up and he says, I want to have him cremated. And then the guy just shakes his head and closes the door because yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, okay, okay. okay, you could have told me this in the morning. Yeah. Have you seen the core? And so they make a point to say, so they tee this up. Like, this is going to be so arduous and so hard. He's more than 60 years old. This journey it typically takes two months. But I like his comment when he's about to start and he goes, here we go. Yeah. And it was delivered, like, I, I don't think anybody but Martin Sheen could have delivered it that way. Yeah. It was so. And then the parade of people goes by in the other yeah. direction. And he goes <laughs> the wrong the, way. He's he going the, the wrong, wrong way. way. He turns around, he's fine. <laughs> and that's what I'm, that's the thing I'm thinking of. I'm like, is this the way it is? Fucking crowded? And it is. Uh-huh. Those hostels are crowded, yeah. And that's like, when when we went to Yellowstone, I'm just thinking wide open National Park. And there's fucking people everywhere. Yeah. Everything's crowded. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> this isn't nature. This, this isn't fun. This wasn't the... This is just a bunch of other assholes yeah. trying to park just like I am. A bunch of tourists trying to see a buffalo. So it just like, it triggered that yeah. trip. And I was like, oh You were all God. John John Muir and, you know, ready to go and experience nature yeah. for five minutes and... Yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah. You know? Fucking Bob from Ohio saddles up. Like, are you parking here? Kids, get in the car. Eat your fries. So the the cops, he goes the wrong way. The cops give him a rock. And I thought that was interesting because they don't really say why. Yeah, he they said you'll it, know. They give it to him and, and they say you'll know. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm still kind of thinking it was a murder mystery at this point. Oh, okay. In a way. <laughs> It, well, totally, because he did say your son was killed. That, I, I get this, that. I totally know, like get that. The one guy died the first day, and and so part of me, I wasn't disappointed at all, but part of me was like, I wonder if there's going to be a serial killer murder mystery part on the on yeah. the El Camino. Yeah, not the case. And so he stops early, and he spreads some of the ashes at a cross. Yeah. So it's clear that he's going to be depositing parts of his well that's the cross for daniel you know the whole time that's his son's cross yes that was put in the same the exact place where they showed him hiking off trail where he got lost and perished so so yeah and and i didn't pick up on that that oh yeah it was kind of like a mile marker on the side of the road where somebody died yeah they showed the flash in the first time i saw it i didn't get that either but yeah they when you watch it you see that the flashback matches exactly with that so you talk about the hostels. So they've got to obviously they they've got backpacks on, right? This is like a, I'm ready to be in the outdoors or sleep where I can sleep, eat where I can eat. You know, they've got some food. I don't know what's in these packs, but the first place they get to in, in Spain to sleep looks like a goddamn nightmare. Oh yeah, probably one bathroom for that whole fucking place. Oh, if if it's a cavern <laughs> full of bunk beds. Yeah. And he's a little slower. So again, well, well he got in at well after dark. There was no food available. So this spiritual journey 
you're on it with a bunch of other assholes? I'd be like, fuck this. No, thank you. I'll, I'll yeah. find a different. I'll make my own trail. Yeah. I don't want to, like. You can always find a, a cave in the Himalayas. This is like Great America. You know, like I'm waiting in line for a ride. Yeah. So that was the thing that I'm like, I would not. I would do this fundamentally, but I wouldn't want to do it like that. Well, with and that's, so many other people. That's exactly Tom's approach. So there you go. You will discover how important community is See by the end I'm of doing. this. I'm doing a narrative journey. On yeah, this podcast, yeah, yeah. And okay. Gonna, you're gonna it's you're gonna intersect gonna, okay. with the character. Okay, I, I didn't need to explain it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cavern with bunk beds. He's there too late. There's I'm no trying food. to help you, my son. And he comes across Yost again, who has food, weed. Ambien and earplugs. Jos from Amsterdam is well prepared for the Camino. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's kind of funny that that he takes the earplugs. Oh, what about the line he gave him? Do you remember what that was from? No. Excuse me, sir. Do you have any gray poupon? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. So that was a commercial that was popular. I don't know if it was. I think it was earlier than this movie yeah, was I made. I remember gray poupon. Absolutely. And Jos seems to be kind of sticking around. And I have another Yellowstone story that really triggered me because we were in Yellowstone, we were hiking, and we went the wrong way. Like the wrong, wrong way. Not like a crazy wrong way. Uh, The whole family? Yeah. And as we're realizing we went the wrong way, like over the horizon comes this guy walking around. And he's got a backpack on, and we all look like idiots, and like we're not really in the woods, but we are. And... His name was Joe. We called him Killer Joe eventually. Uh, he was from England. And he's like, oh, I went the wrong way as well. And he like tagged along with us for the next like three hours. On our yeah. Hike. We went to a waterfall with this guy. And the longer we spent with him, the more we knew we were going to be murdered. <laughs> 1,000%. Like over that, had we gone over that ridge? Fucking massacre. That's what it was. And... So Yost was giving me vibes of what we we called right. Killer Joe in Yellowstone, this British guy out of nowhere who's just in Yellowstone on his own, yeah, visiting America. Well, like me, I you know you got the fantasy of you know how great Europe is and the and how you know everything is so old and this yeah. and that, but their lifestyles are so different than ours. It, it, it's a severe adjustment, yeah, because that's normal. We clearly weren't and, murdered and. When we went our separate ways, he was just kind of like, well, I have to leave you now. <laughs> like, okay, Killer Joe. Yeah. See ya. Uh, yeah, we, we don't get, we don't get we it. We have but divergent paths. <laughs> they don't, yeah, they don't have any problem with community. I was like community. over the top asking him questions, just trying to suss this guy out. I had a knife in my pocket. Like, I had plans. Did, did you have your hand on the handle? Were you like? At times. I had the bear mace, like, right on my thing. Oh, like, that, that would do the trick. Ready to go. Like in case Killer Joe, yeah, you know, made a move. But he would be sizing you up at the same time because you're clearly the for, the target to take he out. He's just a sweet British man. Yeah, that and likes I, to I that likes him. to interact with people, and and Ryan wants to stick a knife in his throat. <laughs> well, I'd rather you you know move on, go the other way. But Tom, now their next stop is supposed to be Pamplona, and Tom decides to stop earlier at a small village, and I remember well. Can I ask you something? Yeah. So you just watched it the one time. Yes. I, I just want to compliment you on your note-taking and astuteness, because that's impressive. Oh. You mentioned Paplona and that he veers off, and 
our our boy Yost goes goes on. To, he continues on. Yeah, but yeah. I mean that's impressive that you, oh, thanks, you picked man. up on that and that detail just one time through. Well, what I liked about this was this idea of these villages being prepared for these people, these guests. Yeah, that's what they because is. he goes up to a huge dining table and they're like, yeah. "The American is here." Yeah, and he thinks it's a bad thing, and they're like, "Oh no." And again, that's another moment where like fucking A, you just walk up to this beautiful table. Yeah. They sit you down. The food's probably amazing. Right. And the welcome that they get wherever and they go. And they're from all over the all over the planet. Yeah. All different countries. So I start to kind of soften on this whole communal part of this because yeah. that's the the thing about this that is so remarkable is the places you see and the walking, quite frankly. Like, I'm not an exercise guy. You know that. But I do like to walk. So I'm watching this movie like, I, I could do that, man. Like, yeah. there's not, I can't climb Everest or K2. Right. I can't do the Tour de France. I can't do most things. I could probably walk for a well, while. Well, you, you just named like two of the most elite things to do on our planet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so at this little village, Jeez. this is where we meet Sarah. Sarah, who is from Canada. Uh, the angry, the angry Canadian with the. Can I just say it? Can I? The elephants in the room. Can I? Can I get it out there? Go. The phenomenal smoking hot body. Oh yeah, she's a beautiful woman. Oh, see, she's very take aggressive. The high, take the high road. Fine. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I put myself out there. It goes without saying. It goes without saying. Yes. <laughs> she's very aggressive, and when she meets Tom, she she's calls a very him aggressive boomer. girl rat. <laughs> Little 1982 Fast Times at Ridgemont High for you there. Nice. So she calls him Boomer, which I think is, you know, funny. It's a thing yeah. on, a, on Baby Boomers. Yeah, she's it was so perfect. not like a Canadian. She's so mean to him. Yeah. And she's so angry. <laughs> They're supposed to be friendly. And she, you know, what's interesting is Yost, and, and everybody seems to be on this on this pilgrimage. We should start saying that for a reason. So she is doing this to quit smoking. Yost is on this journey, on this pilgrimage, to lose some weight for his brother's wedding. Mm -hmm. They think that's why they're on the pilgrimage. I know. So in this scene, did you see the guy in the red thong folding laundry on the laundry? Oh, God, I left my ass off. Because Mart, because I keep saying Martin, I don't know if, you know, we're bouncing back and forth. So Martin Sheen is Tom again. But, you know, bear with us. Um, Tom, the character Tom, his reaction to that, I mean, it was just priceless. Yeah, and and it was a little, so I didn't necessarily laugh at that. Oh, I did. But I was just like, that's fucking weird. But I'm like, Europe. Yeah. He's he's hanging his, his laundry on the clothesline, yeah. and he... Just in a thong. <laughs> like, just ass hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, now we get the next day, setting out for the next day. And, and people like waking up is a weird thing. Like, oh, we're all waking up. Then you got the first instance of where the music comes into this because Country Road yeah. starts to play. And I thought that was an interesting choice. But Tom, I wait, Country Road, not not in uh not the John Denver. Denver. Okay, the yeah, other yeah. Country Road. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, Oh, that's cool, because Jess called that out. She's like, Oh, this is Country Road. And I was like, wait, there's another one. And <laughs> Tom gets on a bridge, and when he loses his backpack, yeah, the two of us went <gasps> like we gasped out loud. Oh, that's beautiful! Because we were so into this. No, movie. because it because it 
that's what it was supposed to be. Holy shit. In his backpack is is uh, his son's ashes. Yeah. And everything. Down it goes. Yeah. Into the water. Into this rushing river. So I, I got some nice little tidbits about this rushing river. He uh, had a stuntman. The stuntman went in that river once, came back out, wouldn't go back in. Martin Sheen went in twice, and that's the filming. Yep. And they actually opened the dam upriver. That's that river is usually not to that get a little more not that rough. They and they opened it up. Yeah. And when he when you the scene where you see Martin Sheen grabbing onto the branches and he's just kind of be pulling in the current, he's hanging on for dear life. He was only fifty meters away from a waterfall. Yeah. If he had not gotten a hold of those branches, he would have went over the waterfall. No more West Wing. And he might have El Presidente might have gone bye bye. Yeah. So, so that, that he's was, a badass. That was yes, and I'm Tom, not. I'm not. When I read that, I was not surprised. Where did not, you read this? Um, I'm getting all this from the commentary, and you've yeah, got you some watched, inside. Yeah. I didn't do a ton of research. I, I'm letting you shine today because I don't. No, you're I mean, you're like today, but, you're right on it. Um, what do you mean? Yeah, I read it some. I forget, but he yeah he did a lot of his own stunts, specifically that, and them opening that dam to get that river rushing a little more was yeah. like holy shit. Okay. Let's make this harder. Because it would have been fine if the river wasn't rushing. The idea of him it would trying have been less to get his backpack was what was crazy. Yeah. And he gets it. And then, you know, you think a guy who's not that resourceful, he gets everything out on the side of the river to dry it, and he camps that night. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that night must have fucking sucked. Oh, yeah. Cold. He's wet. Damp. Yeah. Well, yeah, hypothermia is a real... <laughs> real dangerous yeah. thing and you have to get out of your wet clothes yeah i mean everything is you know you we think oh we don't want to but the wet okay. clothing draws Listeners, the heat out of your body you do not see martin sheen's dick in this movie like todd is is intimating that martin sheen gets naked because he has to get out of his wet clothes oh. you do not see martin sheen's dick or ass in this movie that's coming out of your own soul there brother because i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't going for that <laughs> You said emphatically you got to get all those wet clothes off. Because it draws I'm, – I'm doing a tutorial on hypothermia here from a survival <laughs> class I took, and you're talking about Martin Sheen's yeah, dick. Yeah, I don't want to give people unrealistic expectations. If we get emails like, I thought I was going to see Well, I mean, he's Sheen not going to stand next to Liam Neeson. For the first time ever. He's not going to stand next to uh, the uh, – oh, what's his yeah. name? The hunter, the uh, – Liam Neeson. Liam yeah. Neeson and no, the other guy you told you, you if you ever want to know who's well hung, Ryan's got like a walking thesaurus on actors that are well hung cuz you always bring that up. <laughs> You're like, "Oh, that guy." I think that's revenge for <laughs> so many things I've done. I don't know Michael Fassbender. Yeah, huge dog. No, the the guy Aaron Eckhart in the show Hung, huge dog. Well, I apparently. can't remember his name. Passion of the Christ, the Shadow oh, of the William Vampire. Defoe has William a Defoe. confusingly large penis. That that was said See, on the set of um, Pat, or, um, Oliver Stone <laughs> Jesus movie. Sorry, Passion, not the Passion of the Christ. Uh, I'll think of it. Anyway, Scorsese. You're movie. in a jar. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> drop the cross. Yes. Uh, Last Temptation of Christ. There we go. Yes. Apparently, he has a confusingly large penis, uh, which you can hear on another podcast, How Did This Get Made? So, um, (laughs) after this- Moving right along. Tom finds himself in Pamplona, and he sees Yost inexplicably in a beret eating a great meal. He's eating some lamb. And that's, again, where I was like, God damn, this sounds great. 
You walk town to town. You eat. Yeah. You know. I, I wouldn't do good in the the sleeping arrangements and the hostels. One bathroom. All that noise. Yeah. There's just no way. You know, you you see, you wake up three in the morning. You got to piss. You're in a freaking bunk bed, you and just, there's ten guys you in just line. Pissed where you're where you're standing. Well, you're in the top bunk. I mean, the guy below I, you. You'd piss your bunk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Yost has all the weed in the ambient. Yeah. He knows what's he up. He is well prepared. So at this point, Sarah rejoins the group, and I I, I like the. And it's about drugs. It's like they're being drawn to each other, because Martin Sheen's line. Because Sarah says something about Yost, and he's like, his charm wears off quick, I promise. Yeah. And he says the same thing about Sarah. It'll wear off quick, I promise. And he is pulling away from this group that wants to be formed. Yeah. He he doesn't want he anything to do to with do community. He wants to do his own thing, and that's it. Yeah, he wants to stay in his bubble. Yeah. He wants to, as they put it, get this damn thing done. Very American. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. get this over. You know, I'm, I'm on a mission. I'm going to get this done. I don't have time for this. Yeah. You know. And he says, you know, can you guys finish your drug deal so we can get back on the road? So he's offering uh, Sarah Ambien and earplugs. And if you need anything a little bit stronger, I got that too. And she's like, I love this guy. See, this is a popular guy on the the road to... To, to Wellville, as it were. Well, I'm thinking if you go on the Camino and you got all that kind of stuff on you, yeah, you're gonna get hooked up. I like real how easy. they're on the road and somebody drives by or rides by on a bike, and yeah, Yost is like, up. "You could do this on a bike." That was my second laugh out loud. <laughs> that yeah. was a good line. Oh yeah, he was so upset. Yeah, and again, there's so many people on this hike, and and, and you know he meets a priest who, um, is is having trouble with cancer, the guy who gives them uh, a rosary. And it's just like people and everywhere. And that's where he explains he's not a practicing Catholic, which explains the church earlier on and explains, I guess, the whole ashes thing, because they said in the commentary that that was breaking the Catholic canon, I believe. Yeah, I've got so some info on that. He, um, you know, that that explains that. Um, yeah. Just some quick Two commentary things that I got in my notes here. So we talked about the 16-millimeter film being shot on. Um, 40-day shoot in September and October of 2009, which they were told it would rain every day or snow in September and October in the Pyrenees. It rained two days of their 40 days. So they call that a bit of a miracle. And... I found it interesting that the shoot was 40 days because 40 days in the wilderness is the whole thing with Jesus and 40 day fasting thing is throughout the Bible. Oh. And they filmed it in 40 days. What do real books say about that? <laughs> um, well, this was this is if actually you fast for 40 out, days, out of the papyrus die. from the Dead Sea Scrolls. So it's about as real as it can get. and And, um oh all the non-speaking roles in this movie were actual pilgrims actual pilgrims yeah that were on the camino because this was they they did the filming in order on the camino is there a time of year where it's more popular did they say like september well the summer's hot as hell so you got to be able to deal with that but so you think september well i mean that's just when they got the the window to film yeah and they told them don't do it it's going to rain every day and yeah. it didn't so now they come upon a field of hay 
And they meet Jack. <laughs> From Ireland. He's an Irish guy. And he's a writer. And it's, he's got a writer's It's some block. guy out in the field losing his fucking mind. Yeah. Just kicking the ground, talk, screaming at himself. Doesn't even know there's three people sitting there watching doesn't, him. He throws like a stick in yeah. their general direction. Yeah. And that's what brings oh, yeah, yeah. his attention to them. He's like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm so then, sorry. He, then he's freaking out and he comes running over. And they're like, "He's this is your serial killer guy. From Yellowstone. I, I would think, well, uh, again, I think a serial killer is more quiet. Is the one who kind of says, hi, I'm from England. My name's Joe. Well, Joe. He, he, he who was... the fuck is named Joe from England? <laughs> Joe? It'd be Joseph. We could have been murdered. Well, Jack from Ireland. Well, Jack sounds like an Irish. Jumped isn't, over the... Isn't, isn't that uh, <laughs> DiCaprio's name in Titanic? I think that's a very Irish name, Jack. But we could have been murdered, dude. This is terrible. And this podcast would not exist. That's right. So sorry for everybody. But, um, again, Tom wants nothing to do with any of this. Right. But you see people being drawn into his sphere. And so this is the part of the movie where I started to really dig the dynamic. Because I saw what was happening. You have this cast of zany characters, a Canadian Guy from Amsterdam, an Irish guy, uh-huh. surrounding the American. So, Emilio likened it to, and I think he used this for his writing. Um, I don't know if you picked up on it, but The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Okay, so each character. So, I'll start off. Um, Martin, Tom, Martin Sheen is Dorothy. Correct. Okay, Yost, Go. Who you, which which who which character is he? Right on. Yeah. Sarah, Tin, Tin Man, because she's lost her heart. Yep. And Jack from Ireland ain't got a, he has writer's block, so he needs a brain. He doesn't have a thought in his mind. Yeah. Yeah, You're, that's pretty cool. Did you read that too, or you just? I did read that too. Oh, so you were prepared for me? How can you prepared. say you weren't? You you're like totally prepared. I didn't do the research I normally do. I I to be honest, because well, I knew you had the. The, You're the all DVD. over it, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'll stop talking about that stuff you, when you bring it up. So what, no, what I think is kind of cool is Yost, you know, tells Jack about what Tom is doing because Tom's not giving anybody the time of day. And I think Jack is like desperate. Here's a story. I can write this. So he's immediately interested. Oh, yeah. In you're talking about they're, they're going down the road, and the, the story of his son starts coming out, and yeah. Yost doesn't want to tell him or regrets telling him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of cool. It's a it's a tough scene. Yeah. Because Yost, he really delivers it. You know, the regret on he's, his face. He's good in this movie, that yeah. actor. Really good, I yeah. think. And what I love, the so the part that made me laugh is they get to – this little town, El Ramon, <laughs> and they get the stamp <laughs> yeah. from this innkeeper. Yeah, and they're gonna stay with this dude. So but... <laughs> it's El Ramon is a real is a real guy who who has passed away. Oh, it's a guy, not a town. Yeah the the, the stamp I thought is that was the name of the town, El Ramon. That's that's him. He was an actual character at an inn, crazy as a bat, just oh, like that shit. guy. So this actor was actually portraying, and everybody knew him on the Camino that had been on there because he was batshit crazy. They think he had been locked up for a time. So, so like this this actor, yeah, and this actor, and he never charged people to stay there. 
And so this guy had passed was away, but like this a castle, right? Like this it was pretty dumpy. It was really run down. Um, the one that they filmed in, anyway. Huh. But yeah, that he was playing. He was portraying an actual guy that used to be on the Camino. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. So the that funny bit was they go up to I think pay him, and he's isn't he like talking to a fake doll or something? Like he's, he's talking to an empty nuts. chair, and, and then he sits in the chair and starts. Starts is that what you're going to play? No, 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 no. Okay. No. Yeah, he starts doing the female character. That's right. He's like pouring a glass of wine, and then he sits down and says, oh. <laughs> That yeah. was funny. And then, that's, and then cut to them walking, walking away out. on the road. It yeah. was beautiful, yeah. That was a funny scene. But they they decide to camp, and this is this is the clip, because they talk about pilgrims, pilgrims, pil- pilgrims, what it's about. So the conversation at the camp is... Technical difficulties, but here we go. This is a true pilgrim experience. Cheers to that. Even though I hated camping as a boy. True pilgrim experience. What do you mean by that? Oh, well, I'm talking about tradition in the purest sense. A true pilgrim walks the Camino with nothing. He has to live off the land. He has to accept the kindness presented to him. And he has to carry his goods on his back. Pilgrim is poor and must suffer. Well, it strikes me as extreme to say the only way to be a true pilgrim is to imitate what we like to think a true pilgrim is. Should a pilgrim dress himself as a beggar even if he isn't? Do we honor the poor by imitating them? I don't think that pilgrims 500 years ago ignored the creature comforts of the road any more than we should now. Yeah, and what about pilgrims on bikes or, or pilgrims that do the Camino on horseback? Now, tradition would dismiss bikers, at least. Biking or riding requires less suffering and less work. But I don't think we have to artificially add more hardship than is already there. That, in my opinion, is being a false pilgrim, not a true one. If you were a man, I would challenge you to pistols at dawn. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Boomer? Finally, an American without an opinion. Take a picture. (laughs) That I, it, I love how you seek out and and point the spotlight on the comedic and moments of levity in a very serious spiritual movie. That's so you. I I I like how you do that. Well, I, I like the discussion about pilgrims, and when Sarah says they wouldn't deny themselves the comforts that they could find either. Yeah. And he's talking, Jack is talking about true suffering, which, you know, ironically later is not what he's doing because he's, you know, got money and what have you. I thought that was kind of cool. But the little bit at the end about an American without an opinion, yeah, I thought hilarious. it was really funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. So <clears throat> walking sticks. I've not done anything like this. Okay. I've not. Are they helpful? Some people have two. Uh-huh. And they're metal and gotten from, like, Dick's Sporting Goods. Some people have one, and it looks like fucking Gandalf's staff. Do you know anything about this? <laughs> just just what I heard in the commentary that part of the, part of the Camino, part of being a pilgrim, is uh, carrying a walking stick and, and uh, also wearing the shell. The, that you, you see that shell yeah. throughout the whole thing. That is a representation of the Camino. Interesting. Yeah, so that that is but a thing to I guess carry the walking stick. It would 
help propel you, but it doesn't prevent even, fatigue. Even, even mentally, using a walking Isn't stick, I just think, just making just, your arms tired. No, I think it just makes you feel like, you know, you're I moving guess. along better. Yeah, I don't know. I've never done any of that. Like, you Me know, either. here we got the Appalachian Trail, and then we got the one on the West Coast. You know, that you can go for all these Appalachian Trail. Yeah, are we going back there again? No, I'm just saying we have that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not. Thanks to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you've seen still why not to hike the Appalachian Trail. Well, our first movie. If still. anything, this is a cautionary tra- tale about why not to hike the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> Russ Creek wasn't on the Appalachian Trail. What I what I think is interesting is now the movie starts to get a little incendiary because Tom, it feels like he's accepted that this is a group now, but he's still cantankerous and he has that physical alteration yeah, altercation he, with Sarah. He he that's that's the next morning after that clip, which to me was just a shock scene. Yeah, it was brutal. And she hauls off and hits him, but that's when she admits that she had had an abortion. Yeah, so farther down the road, then that's where they actually start the bonding. So they're like, in my opinion, he hasn't, he's still, it's a necessary evil. Like, he's just going to get up and go. Yeah. And in fact, he was leaving ahead of them yeah. when that whole scene happened. And Remember, she, he, he said, you weren't even going to say goodbye, Boomer? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I like the Boomer thing, and I think he's accepted it. But he's still not letting them in. And and even after she admits what happened to her, she has a heartbreaking line of, I can still hear her voice. Yeah. And then another amazing line where Tom and Sarah are talking, and he says, I'm sorry about your baby. And she says, I'm sorry about yours. Yeah, that's the same scene. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, and he said, that's where he says, my son was almost 40. And then she said, yeah. yeah, but he'll always be your baby. That was awesome. It was, it was heart-wrenching, yeah. And I wonder if that's from the book. You know, like when you have something like this, not that I want to take anything away from Emilio, but you wonder what's from the book, what's not. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I, I but have no back idea. to back, that was like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And now and, we get to another town. And, and de- just delivered so well. I mean, credit oh, to yeah, all the, yeah. these four actors. They're They're 100%. amazing. This is not easy to do. I mean, you're just out there, you know, you've got no yeah. supports and you got to be the, in that The filming space. condition, like they didn't have trailers. They didn't even have like chairs, like normal, like the director chair. They didn't have any of that shit. No, there probably wasn't video village. No, Emilio stayed dressed in his character the whole shoot. Because he pops up. So he could pop in and, there and, and film a scene. In visions. Yeah. So whenever he felt inspired to do a scene with him as a flashback, he he was always dressed that way it every was, day. He could just jump in. He'd just like pop out from a thing like, "Hi." Yeah. <laughs> or he was Remember sitting me? at he was sitting at that European table that you liked so much. And again, won him a best supporting actor nomination <laughs> at an award show. <laughs> so they get to the next town and this is where I'm like, "How does this not happen all the time? Tom has a meltdown." Now, it's there isn't a a softening. He's drinking. It's like all they just go town to town and drink wine. And again, that sounds fun. Well, this is the fun. first time they've drank as a group. Uh, they all sit down and they in the the two Yost and uh, Jack come back with some local wine from a vineyard. That, you know, each of the towns yeah they don't they don't show it at all. This is the first time, and then 
Tom well, is Tom, on meltdown. Tom gets lit up and then just lets his angry he starts in soul on Jack, out. Yeah. And he gets arrested. He well, he goes on each one of them. Yeah. Yeah, he he tees off on all all three of them. How does this not happen all the time on this thing? It it probably like, does. These local police officers have to be like, gosh, shit. There's yeah. a fucking Camino people. They actually say we that. Go. They say that in the commentary. That's funny you say it. They, oh, really? uh, yeah, and when they threw Yost down on the ground, they really pushed him. They said they didn't like being touched. And that officer <laughs> shoves him back, and he went flying like 10 feet. Jesus Christ. He really hit the ground hard, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that was real. They didn't like being touched. So I wonder how this has got to be a misdemeanor. Like, the cops don't want to deal with this. Yeah. They just want to get paid. And it was played by the actual um, Spanish police oh, in really? that town. Yeah, those <laughs> were the real cops. Well, they looked legit. <laughs> and Tom is bailed out by Jack, who earlier on the scene, Tom had chastised for not being a real writer. He had money. Real pilgrim. He goes, you know, how many credit cards do you have How many credit wallet? cards do you have? Yeah. And Tom makes a point by saying, or Jack makes a point by saying, I bailed you out with my credit card yeah he says don't thank me thank my, thank credit, my credit card, card. yeah <laughs> and then that's where it really sinks in and two the group if you want to call it a group at this point is still segregated right because tom's not joining in but they all three didn't just leave him in jail and go on yeah they all stuck around jack the one he offended the most bailed him out and from this point on, the, the cohesion yeah, for the me starts. They they then become a community so unit. So why, why do you think they stuck around? This Be, guy has been nothing but... I know, because uh, it's it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Would, would In Tom's character, up to that point, probably wouldn't have, probably would have left them. I, I thought about that, and I think he would have. Yeah. And I have a question about. And that's this. what I have makes a him. About this money that's what thing that's later. what makes him start turning. But they get to another town. <laughs> you know, Jack starts to ask Tom Tom about Daniel, and he talks a little bit. But they get to another town, and again, I gasped. Jess was asleep by this point. Oh no! <laughs> but they're in a little cantina, and a kid steals tom's bag and i was like oh she missed that (laughs) oh because she would she would have lost it 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 was a long day for her it was a long day for her it's amazing she's amazing but it's amazing she got through as much as she did (laughs) and she really liked it and i'm like oh god yeah second time like this guy needs to lock this bag down (laughs) this is put a tracker on it i would not put it more than a foot away from me at any time and they met back up, I think, with the priest again. They're all having a good time and laughing and yeah, drinking yeah. and having and he gives a meal. Them the rosary back and, huh, and huh. then here this little kid goes running off with Bam. his backpack with the ashes in it. And they go running off through this town. All four of them, yeah. And it's so desperate. Like the way it's filmed, and when you realize you're not going to find this fucking kid. No, he's gone. And they're saying, all right, we'll get you new gear. We'll get you borrowed stuff. Like, oh shit, ashes are gone. Yeah. And this his whole his whole purpose. This scene got me. Th- this particular part of the movie because they're they're saying there are gypsies in town and, and there's a misconception about gypsies. And and people who grew up this way, they have a real big bone of contention to pick about 
how they're thieves and they're yeah. traveling marauders and that kind of thing. But they tee up. They're gypsies and they're dangerous. So you're a preconceived notions. Maybe you seen from Russia with love, and you know that like girls like to fight. No, it, it's a true James Bond. It's true over there, and it, it, as well, and it, you know whether you want to call it a stereotype or not, because it was in the commentary that they told them. Um, well, you're, we're coming up on the party afterwards, but they they told them not to use. Um, there was there was a real group of gyp- gypsies that was in that filming. I'm getting a little head, but we'll go back up. That and these the Spaniards there told them that they're going to steal their equipment. Yeah, I mean, then you, you know. see a little scene of a of a guy in a truck, and you think it's a throwaway. It's just like a a cut like to a yeah. medium shot and a guy in a truck, and it turns out this guy in the truck is the father of the kid who stole the bag, yeah. and the truck driving father brings the kid back with the bag. Yeah, the next day. And Tom was going to go home. He was done because yeah. the ashes were gone. He was going to catch yeah, the next flight I'm out. Gonna, you know, and this scene was like, I don't know. I can't explain it. Like the, the father bringing this son back. Yeah. Saying you dishonored, you brought dishonor to our family. And I don't know why it, it got me. It was so yeah. like. Well, this is why people have that stereotype type well, of thing is what he said to his, his son. He's like. In general, know. I think people are the worst. But you see something like that, in a, specifically in a movie. Yeah. And you're like, maybe that could happen. And you feel for that kid in a way. Yeah. And hopefully he's not going to do anything like that again. Because his father just wants his son to not be a shithead. Yeah, be an honorable man. You know, but he's in this rural place where there's no money, and this kid doesn't have a PlayStation. He doesn't have a fucking Blu-ray player. So all he has <laughs> <Fucking> Americans <laughs> is is to steal. You know what I mean? So you have to look well, at it from both peer ways. Peer pressure, right? You, but you, your the badge father of honor. bringing that kid back yeah. was like, holy shit. Yeah. And the father invites them to stay for what he calls a small gathering. Yeah, yeah. That's and great. not a small gathering No, no. <laughs> And so this, let's call it a dance party, right? It, it, that whole thing was filmed with with no lighting. All there is is those bonfires. That's all the lighting they used was those actual bonfires. And those, those are really good. And that was actual group of gypsies that was brought in by um, Taylor, Emilio's son, um, his in-laws. So Emilio met his wife in 2003 when he went out there with – his grandfather, Martin, and the priest, an old friend of theirs. The three of them were out there, and that is when they got. They were driving the Camino in 12 days because that's all they had. And that's how this whole movie came about. That's where the idea formed. And Taylor stayed. He, he met his wife at one of the restaurants that they sat in that's coming up. And um, that's how the whole movie happened. Yeah. He talked, Mar- he talked Emilio that's into crazy. writing and directing it. That's crazy. Yeah. So what I think is kind of cool is the the gypsy father, who speaks pretty good English, which is nice, suggests to Tom that he doesn't stop at the end of the journey at the church, that he takes the ashes all the way to the water. Yeah, Lucia. And again, I'm like, that makes sense to me. And Tom seems to be like, yeah. You know, even in the scene, it's not like he's deliberating. He's like, I'm going to go as far as I have to go. Well, the line where he says, uh, Tom says, I'm not very religious. And then the 
the gypsy man says religion has nothing to do with it. And he says you do this he says you do this for yourself and you yeah. do this for your son. Yeah, that was compelling. That yeah. was really compelling. And the other line that really got me at the end of it, and, and Martin Sheen said this was his favorite scene in the whole movie was the walk with the end and there with the son where he made him carry the bag all the way to the edge of town. <laughs> yeah. And he's beating him with the cane as they go. Makes this kid carry Tom's bag to the edge of town. Because he stole it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I and and I, I totally get that. And and Martin Sheen said that was his favorite scene in the whole movie. And then of course the line he's our sons, they are the very best and the very worst of us. Yeah. It was like wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just kind of, you know, looking at this, the way their culture is structured and how different it is. Yeah, we, we can't even I mean? come close to relating. Yeah. We'd have to go live there for 10 years before we could even understand. So then yeah. there's the first montage. I thought there would have been a montage by now, <laughs> but <laughs> there's not. Montage. And was it set to an Alanis Morissette song? Yeah, he took some grief over that. I did really. I don't know much he about said, her music, but I'm like, this sounds like fucking Alanis Morissette. It it is. It's one of her popular, you know, off a of jagged little pill. But he he Emilio chose that song. He wanted it there. He said he took a lot of grief for it, and he took a lot of compliments for it. And his dad supported him and said, oh. you know, of course it worked for me. But I liked the the three guys peeing. And then the three guys standing, and she's peeing behind them. Blocking her, yeah. Blocking her. She's squatting, yeah. Which was really funny. But now they get to the next town, and there's a fancy hotel. Oh, this is this is beautiful. And this is where I'm confused, because they're like, oh, we can't do this. And Tom says, we can stay here. It's my treat. Now, if he can afford this hotel, why couldn't he afford his bail? Why did Jack oh. need to bail him out? Uh, I don't know. That may be a plot hole. And they, when he was in jail, they had him handcuffed to the water heater, the water boiler, because they couldn't find a cell. They even tried to build a cell, couldn't make it work. So they just handcuffed him to the- There's so many of these pilgrimage yahoos that are like drunken in their cells. No, but- as a crew, just in general. as a crew, they could not find a cell. They oh, were they were planning to film prisoners. it in a cell, <laughs> so they just slapped the handcuffs on the oh, on the friggin' go. boiler, it and worked. they said it was more effective. That totally worked. Yeah. So Tom says, "Forget it. We're gonna go right past that. It doesn't matter." But Tom treats them to a hotel, and what I noticed in this scene, and I think they're trying to to showcase, is Sarah hasn't stopped smoking. Yost, she, she wasn't supposed to till the end. Yost orders a huge room service thing, and he's eating. He's supposed to be, you know, trying to lose weight yeah. and doing that kind of stuff. Sarah shows off her legs a little bit in the robe. Yeah, just, you know, for us guys. And and I, I thought, you're you're included in that, right? I'm a fella. You were, you know, I just should, was, I, just was sleeping by now. You you were checking the legs out, right? She honestly, she's gonna listen to this, so looked, you know, she looks <laughs> too thin to me. <laughs> look at this actress look at this actress her name is deborah Kara unger in the game 1997 that's definitely a pretty lady in this she was just you know Thir- 13 years early on the thin side um but super effective as an actress i thought she was great and so i'm like oh this is interesting and what that hotel must have felt like for them 
Oh, God. Must have been amazing. Yeah. So just a quick note on that hotel and the commentary was it was a former king's residence. And when they went to them, to probably the hotel manager or whoever, to get permission, um, the hotel did not want them. They did not care that they were there. And the hotel was full anyway. So, and but sounds like since they since they convinced them, you know, however they did that to get in there, now that hotel has a suite called the Way, and it's the actual one that they filmed all four of them in. So they flipped it from some marketing. We don't want you. Hey, we should probably do something about this. We don't care about you, stupid Americans. We don't want you to the Way Suite. Yeah. So I wonder how hard it was for them to leave that room the next day. Oh, God. You know? Well, they were almost there. They were close. Yeah. So they get to uh, what I think is a really cool scene, the place of these rocks. Right. So now you find out why the the sergeant, the cop in the beginning. Gave him that the, Yeah, the rock. patriot. The Was it the Corps, you said? The Corps, yes. The Corps patriot French policeman <laughs> gave him the rock. Now we're finally going to find out. And what did Sarah write in her note? She wrote a note to him. No, that she? that is what you traditionally read when you place the rock oh, at, the, right. at the base. Because I had a note saying Sarah's note. I just forget what that was about. So Sarah started to read it but got choked up and couldn't. And then Tom oh, reads the whole thing. Right. So you get to actually hear... Um, and, and it's pretty, it's pretty moving and compelling, you know, what, what you're supposed to read, but that's been going on for hundreds of years. Those rocks that used to be flat ground. Yeah. So that huge pile of rocks you see has been done from centuries of people doing this very thing. And it's about putting down your, um, it's a symbol of laying down your burdens and asking for forgiveness. It's a, there's a, that first establishing shot is cool. It's, it's from above and you kind of see the scope of. This pile of rocks, which you... Yeah, at the you base, know, base of the cross there. If yeah. you hadn't been on this journey, this pilgrimage up to this point, you'd be like, oh, fucking pile of rocks. Who gives a shit? <laughs> but the movie, you know, allows you to be like, this is important. And he was get, he didn't know. He could have, you know, ended up at that pile of rocks with no rock. Yeah. but And had yeah. no meaning. Like, yeah, the, that, and to this point, I would have been like, Shit, I don't have a rock. Yeah, that was well set up because a police officer in the very yeah. beginning had done it four, three times. So they get to this church that's at the end of the of the the journey, which is a beautiful church, unbelievable. And I I thought it was an interesting note that Jack wouldn't go in the church, and they're asking him, "Why don't you come in?" And he says, "Where I come from, the church has a lot to answer for, so I don't go in there anymore." Yeah. That was the earlier church. He goes in the he do, he goes oh, in he, this no, church. No, he goes into it later. But initially, he's like, "No, I'm not going in." Well, there, there's sorry, there's two churches. There's one earlier he refuses to go into. Holy Christ! And then there's this one. No, that's okay. You watched it once. I'm I'm always impressed with you. <laughs> I, I just you know, I watched it three times. So, the um, Santiago de Compostela. The whole purpose of the journey, the church at the end, is. He goes into, and that's where they're swinging the incense. So that, like, the giant, like, Cirque du Soleil performance in there. Yeah, that's been going on for centuries. Jesus Christ. And they let Emilio actually do it, pulling other ropes, swinging to that thing, where they show him doing that. And to their knowledge, they've never let anybody else ever do that but the monks. That's the biggest urn I've ever seen. That's dangerous. Yeah, it's like... 
How I many think people, they said it's the biggest there is. How many people have died? Well, if you step in of front that of that thing, you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna bite it. <laughs> like little Tommy runs into the aisle and bam! Oh God! So at this you know, point, only you could make this into a Stephen King movie. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, Jack's writer's block is gone. He's talking about being inspired again, and Tom says he wants to go farther. And McCrew is like, "We're done." Yeah, which you know I thought was. That made sense to me. All three of them, yeah. They say that the church and they're out. That made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So they go and they get their, these diplomas, these like certificates saying, you completed this. And what I thought was a really cool scene was Tom gets his and it's in his name. And he asked them to change it to Daniel's name. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy resisted at first, but he was so earnest and sincere. And he's like, he stupid it. American. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't and, know what voice I was doing there. And so that certificate has been, exact wording has been done the same way since the Middle Ages, written in Latin. Wow. How cool is that? Yeah. Hundreds of That's you know, super cool. That is. And, you know, I feel like the one thing that was kind of missing was <clears throat> you Martin Sheen's character didn't get a moment to celebrate what he accomplished because they, in the end, all three of them decide to walk with him to Moxia. Right. And that's, that's nice. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I was happy about that, but it was all about, you know, and what was interesting at the end was Sarah's still smoking. Yost is not losing weight. It wasn't about what they said it was about. So I was left to wonder, why did you do this? Well, the, it, it, it's an internal transformation. The journey is about what that quote I said in the very beginning that, that Martin had said. So it's about, yeah, you think you're there, you're doing this crazy journey to lose weight, but it was more about him, it, self-acceptance. Yeah. It was more about, you know, accepting yourself as you are, forgiveness for your past, coming to terms with, you know, Self-awareness, self-acceptance has nothing to do with whether you smoke another cigarette or, you know, eat another you know, lamb, rack of lamb. Um, so that's the remarkable thing, because Sarah was doing this whole journey while smoking a pack a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which could have yeah. been easy. Yost was eating, you know, lamb oh, yeah, chops yeah. every other, you know, so they made it hard on themselves. But I think you summed that up beautifully. And I didn't quite get to that. Until you just said it. Because all I was focused on was Tom, you know, he haphazardly just drops the rest of the ashes on the rocks. Well, yeah, they travel to the to the ocean. Incidentally, that's where Columbus launched to well, come to America. Like an asshole. Come here and yeah. never mind. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> but, you know, I, I really like how you how you put that together. I really like how, because I, I was confused. I was like, ah, oh, you didn't do this to lose the weight. You didn't lose this to, but you maybe just did it to, di to do it and to connect. Yeah. They thought it was about an exterior goal, something outside of themselves. And it was an interior goal. All along. Todd's spiritual moment. The whole friggin' movie is a yeah. spiritual moment. Yeah. Um, and you have a kind of closing title credit that says for my grandfather. Yeah. From Emilio, as you said. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Martin Sheen and his daughter, when they watched it the first time, wept when they saw that Aww. come on the screen. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Well, um, as you said, filming started uh, in September 2009, took 40 days. The production company and actors walked between 300 and 350 kilometers during filming. <laughs> How many miles is that? I didn't convert it. Okay. We're assholes in Three, America. No, we don't know what kilometers Everybody are. listening has a phone in their hand already, and they've probably already got it punched That's a punch in. Uh, Martin Sheen originally suggested Michael Douglas or Mel Gibson for the lead role. Uh, but Estevez had written the main character's role, as you said, specifically for his dad. Michael what? Douglas or who? Mel Gibson. Wow. Both would have been Can you? awesome. Michael like, Douglas would have been great. Cantankerous. Yeah. Especially the, I don't know. I just, it would, it, it was a, movie was a fan it turned out to be a complete family movie it, it couldn't have been any other way well you know i think other actors may have done well yeah you know in those two specifically um so we touched on this a little bit tom places bits of his son's ashes at various places on el camino to signify that his son is making the journey with him though touching this though touching this goes against catholic teaching cremation is allowed but all of a person's ashes are to be kept together in one place. Scattering or dividing the ashes is officially not allowed. <laughs> yeah, it's part of their the Catholic canon, I guess, is what they said. It is. That is true. Um, but he was a non-practicing Catholic, which they made clear throughout the film. So a lot of people understood it. That you is know? true. Yeah. That is true. Uh, and as you talked about um, in the morgue scene... Uh, Emilio Estevez couldn't do it, couldn't be the body because he had to direct it. So they put Martin Sheen's grandson in there, and his reaction is absolutely legit. Yeah, the shock is yeah. Legit. It's 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 brutal. It's a brutal scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know they're the ones that started the whole movie together. All right. <clears throat> so reviews. Oh boy, this okay, is so- going to be one of the hardest. Is this where I get to get out of the no. spiritual realm and get angry no, and be, you're the, not. be the warrior? It's, I'm just telling you, mode. it's going to be hard for me to read because I think both of these reviews are were maybe not written here. So I'm <laughs> going to try to read them as I see them. Is this the bad one? But it's been a long day, and I'm really going to do my best. So we'll start with the one out of 10 review. These are IMDb reviews. And it's called Unzipping the Body Bag. What? Oh, boy. I've been nervous about this all day. Oh, man. Trying you, to get you through got this. It. You got it. <clears throat> oh, gosh. Dad, you live life. And then it's a simple piece of what a man will say and what he does versus how he feels. I feel the lie in this film can be seen like the mockumentary synapses in City of Angels where a slew of stars teal the chimera and how much they love Los Angeles, California. Corey Feldman, he was a child actor and put food on the table for his family and parents. Emilio and Charlie, one half siblings in the limelight with a famous father that make money in different directions. Charlie marries porn stars and Emilio is kind of invisible. Maybe not the same type of guy and who cares? So while it's obvious Martin Sheen likes to golf, he finds out some bad news and flies into, into the Europeans to confirm the bad news. Why did I hate this movie? Because one guy lives longer, happier, and more boring, apparently. 
Was it the flirtatious scrutiny of an old dude in what may appear to be a babe in infiltrating discussions on a level of, are you going to be mom? <laughs> and then observe the breaks on the hiking trail and the wild and weird reunion of people who were in a courtyard eating food, and then again in a shelter maybe 200 miles down the road coincidentally, and then an Irish guy who tags along and befriends an old dude that just wants to do what his son was doing while spreading his dead son's ashes, whatever he is magically inspired to do so? No joke, a very unfunny movie that was to be taken serious for abusive unhappiness's sakes. Yeah, it's not a comedy. That is one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you were holding your breath. <laughs> Whoo! Yeah, I, I... Did you understand any of that? <laughs> I think that was Jack from Ireland a in the flesh. A very funny movie that was to be taken serious for abusive unhappiness's sakes. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I really don't know why he didn't like it. I, like, I'm looking at this... Why does he bring Corey Feldman into this? It doesn't explain why it's a one out of ten. Very upset. All right, our last review. Ten out of ten. Wonderful film. And again, I'm going to try to get through this the best way I can. Is this another I think so. European? Okay. Went to see this last night at 11.10 p.m., but cinema forgot to start the film. So it was 5 to midnight before we got going with a little prompting. Eleven, wait, eleven ten. It was supposed to start, yeah. and it doesn't start till five to midnight because the dude but, up in the thing but is. But cinema, should I like Borat? But cinema forgot to start the film, so it's five to midnight before we got going, with a little prompting. It makes me want to do El Camino. Very touching. I cried twice and laughed, and towards the end was sitting with a huge grin on my face. The warmth between the characters was good, honest, authentic. It's also like having plans to do one thing, but you end up doing something quite different that just grows. I could feel a loosening at the end of it where feelings had shifted for people. There was a, lease for, a release for the characters that had happened in a very real way. Nothing graded. It was very gentle, but built up to a wave that carried me with it. Scenery is beautiful, of course, an interesting bit with the gypsies in Spain that I found challenging. It brought me up as I believe the same stuff they assumed. I heard it so much. And it is interesting when I realize that what I've accepted as truth just may be prejudice. We all like a scapegoat to absolve ourselves and to feel superior to other folks. Well done, everyone involved with this. I think I will be buying a few copies of this to hand out. It makes me want to go. It kind of makes me want to go alone to see who I meet on the way. That was very nice. So this person is going to buy a few copies to hand out. And, um, yeah, I do that with a book. Yeah. So, um, the way was fantastic. Thank you. This was my first viewing. I don't know if I said it, but this was an awesome pilgrimage. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we got a nice arc there. We got the Emilio at the start of his acting career in 1984 last, our last episode. Yeah. Followed by him being a uh, director, producer, and Co, not not a co-actor, but a supporting actor. Supporting actor um, pops up behind pillars, and <laughs> under sheets. <laughs> yeah, and nominated for best supporting actor at a film festival of some sort. Yeah, just so talented man. Uh, and if you haven't watched the Mighty Ducks TV show <laughs> on Disney Plus, not 
uh, uh, I advertise have around this show. I have not. But Ryan. watch a Mighty Ducks. Tell on me Disney how plus. is it's it on fantastic. Disney? It is Disney okay, Plus. I won't see that then. Well, Todd, thank you for the suggestion. I appreciate the conversation. Oh, thank you. I uh, I hope a lot of people uh, see this for the first time and enjoy it because I, I think it's a profound film. Enjoy it, Todd. Oh, we're there, huh? Yeah, I think we are. We're we're in the red. Yeah. Yeah, we are we are on OT as they say <laughs> at work. Ryan? Yes, Todd. We will always have Monty Doro. Who are those guys? Who are those guys? You'll love it. It's just a little in. Love it. It's just as like You'll love it. Just a little independent. You're gonna love it. It's just a little independent. Yeah. We're okay. We're tense. Yeah, we're two or yeah. two. We're like, like you know the you know love it. It's just a little independent. Like it's like I'm introducing a movie to you. Like you're about to oh. yeah. Alright, so yeah, like, yeah. Just a little independent. <laughs>